Hi there, we're back from break. So we have an, a, a distinguished guest. Distinguished, they're all distinguished. <laughs> they are, of course, all of our guests are distinguished. You must be distinguished in order to be on our show. That's the one caveat. So welcome to Chuck Galetko. He is a faculty member in our newly launched Public Safety Administration program. Um, the program is within our College of Liberal Arts, and uh, we'd love to let our listeners learn more more about this program. So welcome, Chuck. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. So let's just start out by, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was with the California Highway Patrol for 35 years, and I've retired from there. Okay. And now I'm starting my second career here, sharing some of the knowledge that I gained in those 35 years with some students who are interested in criminal justice. Tell us about the Public Safety Administration Program. Give, give us the um, elevator pitch on the program. Well, it's a new program here at Woodbury. It's an interdisciplinary program which exposes the students to criminal justice classes along with psychology and other classes to make them well-rounded so that they can leave the university and pursue careers in law enforcement and not just the typical law enforcement we think of with the sheriffs or the police, but there's private agencies, private security companies, federal agencies. So this is a way to open their eyes to what's out there, to give them a foundation to deal with the issues in law enforcement that we're all facing in this, this day and age. So Chuck, tell me, what do you teach exactly? The course I'm currently teaching is Enforcement and Corrections, and it exposes the students to the basic law enforcement field, corrections, which means parole, probation, sentencing, the court system, juvenile law. So it's a foundation course. It's a lower division course for the students. But it's, it's introducing them to, like, the criminal justice system, basically? Is that what it's It doing? is. It's exposing them to parts of the system that they may not know exist. And I bring in speakers also that have experience in some of these areas, so it opens their, their eyes to what's out there. Do your students generally have an idea of what they want to do, or are they just exploring, as you said, just exploring the different fields? In the first day of class, I asked each of them what they wanted to do, and they all had something that they wanted to do. But as the class progresses, I'm noticing that their eyes are opening up, that they're realizing that there's more out there than just the things that we see every day in front of us, the, the city police or the county or the state, the federals available and private agencies. So I think they're going to leave this course with more well-rounded knowledge of what's out there, more options that they have. So, for instance, if a student wants to become a police officer, as you were, do they, don't, do they necessarily need to go to a four-year college first or do they go straight into the police academy? How does that work? Actually, they don't need a four-year degree for um, law enforcement. For the highway patrol, for example, you just need a high school education or GED. And that's common with a lot of agencies. However, to get hired, it can be competitive. So when they're interviewing 20 applicants and one or two of them have a bachelor's degree, they're going to move to the front of the list and then also, once they're hired, if they want to promote in the department, you need degrees from college, master's, there's people with PhDs mm -hmm. even. So you don't need the degree to get hired. However, 
it makes it more um, in a competitive um, job market you're going to move to the front of the line and then for promotions it's going to help you can you talk a little bit about the and maybe you know this maybe you don't but but what is the typical student that you have in your class are they are they still the the you know you you it's a lower division class so i assume they're freshmen sophomores so you're are they 18 or 19, or do you have older students? What's the makeup of your, your class? The majority are 18 or 19. All the students in my class are um, freshmen, except for one sophomore. So they're all doing lower division classes. Um, a lot of them still live at home, and some of them have part-time jobs also. But they're just trying to, to better themselves and, and learn as much as they can now. They're very inquisitive. And it's a good environment. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you've been in law enforcement for a long time, um, criminal justice. Um, can you talk about how it's evolved over the years that you've been in it, uh, you know, in terms of a career, you know, how things maybe have changed over the years? Certainly. When I started in 84, it was a whole different environment out there, the, the way the public look towards law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, they expect more from us. I mean, we do more than just enforce the laws. We're called to all different situations and things that back in 84, 35 years ago or more, they wouldn't call a police officer there, but now we're expected to handle more and more. And that's why having a, a strong foundation and a good education like you get at Woodbury will help these students be prepared to to move on and move up in a career field in law enforcement. So you would say like that, you know, in, on some level, you know, police officers, law enforcement, they almost have to be psychologists, right? On some level, they have to be able to deal with things like, I mean, I'm sure you've always had to deal with this sort of stuff, but things like uh, learning how to de-escalate situations, learning how to... Uh, get a positive outcome from a situation where things may not always end up that way. That's a lot to put on an individual, as you say, coming into a situation. So, I mean, is that kind of what's happening now? It does seem like you have to be more psychologist now than maybe before you had to be more of a military, just came back from Vietnam era type person, special right. forces. Now, you have to have good verbal skills, ability to talk to people, to see what they need. From their point of view, they're calling you for something, they need something, and you have to serve that need. And it doesn't take sometimes the muscles. It takes knowing how to get them the social services maybe that they need right. or get them to a place where they're getting the assistance that they need because for a lot of people right now, these are challenging times. And a lot are put on the the doorstep of law enforcement and it's rewarding it's a great career i mean i would love to do it again it's fantastic but there's a lot more on our plate now than we had 35 years ago i i just have to say how much i admire police officers um that you put yourself in harm's way every day going to work and um i just think that is this an opinion show? <laughs> um, I, I, it makes me sad to see that police officers aren't as well respected as they were when I was growing up. Um, I, you know, you would never 
talk back to a police officer when, when I was great. And I would now, but it seems like, you know, with the recent in the news, it's just, it, you just see such horrible interaction between police officers and, and citizens. And I, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, it is true that if you watch the news at night, it seems like the first few stories are not always positive toward law enforcement. And that wasn't the case years ago. If a police officer said something years ago, people just just did it. But now they're holding us to a higher standard. They're expecting more from us. And we have to be able to perform and to give them that service. And it's rewarding. We are able to diffuse the situation, to solve the problem, to get them the help that they need. It is rewarding. But it's also challenging, too, being away from your family on holidays and and times that you might want to be when your child's having the soccer game, but you have to work. And you, but you put, you accept that when you take on the job in law enforcement. So there's a rewarding part to it, but there's also a challenging part nowadays. Do you feel like you have to have a certain personality to go into that field? Um, it, I just, I, I feel like you have to protect yourself too from now with the body cams and, you know, there's that sense of you're being looked at very closely, your, all of your interactions. You are not just body, body cams for us, but everybody in the public seems to be videotaping everything, which if you're doing everything right, you shouldn't worry about that. But everything we do is under a, like a microscope now, and we have to be accountable for what we do because we might see it on the news at 5 o'clock, and we have to be able to explain why we did what we did what the reason was. So I think it's a good thing then that you have body cams. Yeah, exactly. It, the number of complaints actually have gone down in, in agencies when they start wearing the body cams. Mm -hmm. It's just human nature, I guess, when you realize that everything you do is going to be reviewed. Right. It makes us all yes. watch our P's and Q's, as a they say. Absolutely. So Chuck, tell me about, we're, we're focusing a lot on what your past and what you're teaching. What other courses um, are within this program? Well, I'm teaching the enforcement and corrections, but there's also a class in criminal procedure, criminal law. Um, they have classes in community policing, juvenile justice. We even offer homeland security classes now also because that's the era that we're in. There's classes on gangs, criminal investigation, so we're trying to hit the whole gambit of, of classes in the whole criminal justice field, along with classes in psychology and, and sociology also. You talked about um, having guest speakers in your class. What other types of opportunities do you know about in this program? You know, do, I assume students have opportunities to intern and, and work with uh, outside agencies. And do you know, can you talk a little bit about some of that as well? Actually, they have the internship program that they're encouraged to do or required to do in their senior year, where they work in an agency and gain some hands-on experience. And it's a good networking for the students mm -hmm. also, because they can make some contacts there that can help them in the future. But that's part of the program. In their senior year, they're doing internships along with the thesis um, they have to provide also. So they have to work hard, but hopefully at the end, they're gonna come out ahead in the knowledge that they've gained and the experiences they've gone through. There are, a my sense is there are more opportunities now in law enforcement and, and, and public safety uh, than there were in the past. Is that, is that a correct assumption? I think that's true because 
for example, people don't know, but private security companies, there's more of those employees than there are in uh, uniform, like uh, sheriffs or yeah. CHP, because companies are hiring private security companies now to do their security for the safety of their employees. So that opens up a lot of companies that years ago weren't there. Nobody would have thought to go there. Yeah. CSI, all these labs, to these TV shows, the students love those, as so do we a lot of times. <laughs> but they're finding out that with some science background, they can go into the lab forensics part. That's one of the classes we offer to forensics. Mm -hmm. So they could do that right away upon graduation. But I imagine you, a big chunk of your students coming in are like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to be in the FBI, I'm going to, you know, they're, they're thinking that off the top. I mean, look, it's, it's exciting. You know, it seems like an exciting career, and, and that's certainly an option. Uh, I know it's very competitive, but it's um, certainly an option for these students to, to go in that direction, correct? That is correct. That first night when I asked where they wanted to, what they wanted to do, the majority were naming um, uniformed police agencies or federal agencies, mm -hmm. the ones, the FBI, maybe LAPD, mm -hmm. the sheriffs, the CHP. So that's what they're thinking of now. But as time goes on, they, their eyes will be open to other possibilities. So now I'm going to ask a tough question. What are some of the um, controversial issues that your students want to know about? Uh, police abuse. Is there police abuse out there or not? Is it? And, and, why, does, and why does it happen? <laughs> We'd like to know your response. <laughs> well, when people enter law enforcement field, uh, there's a screening process that's very detailed. But as people stay with the department every once in a while, Maybe things start uh, happening and they start acting in a way they shouldn't act. So some agencies sometimes do have people that maybe they should not be out there doing that job anymore. But is that the majority, though, are out there hardworking, doing what they signed on to do originally. But across the nation, as you can see about looking at the news and reading, and there are people maybe that should not be out there doing their job. Let me ask this. Um, what are some tips? You know, you've got a young, you know, like some of your students who are in freshmen, you know, there's one sophomore or so. Uh, what is, you know, obviously you want them to go through the program and they need to graduate and learn stuff. But what are some tips you would offer to, if they want to, for example, they want to become uh, a member of the CHP or, or some other agency? What are some other things they can do that will help their cause. I just talked about this in class today, actually. I let them know that what they do off-duty, or off-duty, when they're not um, here at school even, right. it's very important. If they go to a party and things are there that shouldn't be there, they better leave that party right. if they want to go into law enforcement. Mm. If they're going to go to a party, they better not drive afterwards. Things such as that, mm -hmm. because they have ramifications now. If something... If they go to a party and they drink and something happens, then that could end their law enforcement career. Right. Or if there's some place where there's some substance, controlled substance, that they shouldn't be around, they should leave. Because these will have, it could end their career before it even starts. So right. they have to be careful. Everything they do now, the people they associate with and the places they go, because it's all going to be looked at no matter what agency Mm -hmm. they might want to work for in the future. Mm -hmm. 
That's great advice. Yeah. yeah, and again, I think that nowadays with social media, I think that uh, that goes um, that applies to almost every field you're in now. You can't do stuff that I mean, if you don't, <laughs> I always tell my kids, if you don't want your grandmother to see it, then don't post it on social media. <laughs> well, that's true. And if, if they go to the this event and they have a picture of themselves mm-hmm. taken, and that picture is there forever, and some background investigator looks at that picture, it might be something that that agency doesn't want their employees to be doing, and it could end their career. But, but I, th- I think it's a good point, because with many of the careers you're talking about, you you know, as you were involved, you do, they, there are background checks, extensive background checks, so there is that extra scrutiny of, you know, this sort of thing. And so and it they is don't a, realize that. They right. don't realize that, that what they do tonight, today, could forever follow them around. What other, are there any other tips in terms of mindset um, that, you know, or, or, you know, further, like, uh, do you, do you, for example, rec- have a suggest that they shadow or go on ride-alongs and that sort of thing, if that's possible? I, I've, again, maybe I've been watching too many TV shows, but, <laughs> you know, like, is that a possibility for, for students? Absolutely. We, we would encourage that. Um, some have already done that, and others, all they have to do is have the initiative and ask, and we try to help them um, coordinate with maybe an, an agency near where they live, and because it helps everybody. It helps the student yeah. first. He or she can find out if that's really what they want to do. And also, the agency, they might want to recruit that person more actively. They get a good candidate who's working on a bachelor's degree, who seems squared away. Sure. They might want to help that student along by telling him when testing is coming up and things like that. So it's a two-way street. Along those lines, do you encourage your students to take um, what, what courses other that are not within public safety uh, would you encourage them to take? In other words, like psychology, writing? Writing is important because they have to write the reports in their job, and these reports are looked at by the, the courts, the, the lawyers, everybody. So writing is very important, no matter what agency. Psychology and sociology, so that they realize that they're not living in a bubble, that there's other cultures, there's uh, other, there's a diverse population out there, and they need to know that they're not the only one on the island, that there's other people and they have to work with other people and everybody comes from a different background and they have to respect the differences and learn to work with them. What is, um, sorry, Jamie, um, what is the uh, gender breakdown? Do you have, uh, is it, you know, how does that work out in your class? Well, I'd say it's about 50-50. There's about, yes. Can you sort of outline your own career trajectory in CHP just to give us a sense, like, how did you start out and then where did you progress over the course of your career? Certainly. I went to Sacramento. I I grew up in Southern California, but our academy's in Sacramento. So I started by going there for six months. That's a live-in academy up there. Now, did you go to college first? Or? I did. I went to, um, I went, I graduated from UCLA. Okay. So I'm UCLA, and then I went to Long Beach State afterwards. But so I graduated from college. What did you study at UCLA and well, Long Beach? I've never <laughs> okay. heard of UCLA. Okay, I got the bachelor's in communication studies from UCLA. 
Okay. And then I got a master's in public administration from Long Beach State. So you had a master's degree before you even began. Well, actually, I had the bachelor's before I began. I got the master's once I okay. came back. So, okay. so I got the bachelor's first. I graduated from UCLA, and then I went up to the academy for the six, for the six months, which a long time away from home and everything, but it was worth it. And then I was assigned to Santa Fe Springs, which is down here. I'm sorry. Tell us a little bit about the academy. What, what's that experience like? It's like a military boot camp, but for six months, because you can't leave. You're there Monday through Friday. You can leave on Saturday or Sunday, mm -hmm. unless, unless you've done something that they restrict you. And it's classes every day from about 5 in the morning with the physical training. Mm -hmm. And then to the evening, you have classes till about 8 at night. I mean, you live there. They pretty much own you. They can do what they want with you, and you have all these classes you take. But there's driving there's academic classes, there's shooting, mm -hmm. physical training, test after test after test on everything. And if you don't pass it, they might give you a second chance, or they will, but then you have to go home mm -hmm. if you don't pass it. What made you decide to pursue your field? I wanted something different. I, I didn't want every day to be the same mm -hmm. uh, tasks every day. I wanted to have variety. I like the idea of being outside, and every day is a little bit different, and you're doing something positive. At the end of the day, you've done something to help people, hopefully, and you feel good about it. And so that's why I did it. I mean, nobody in my family had done law enforcement. Nobody believed I was going to do law enforcement, but it's something I wanted to do, so I did it. So I know we're running out of time on this, but so you go to the academy. I, I'm, I'm just curious about yeah. your trajectory because sure. I think our, our, especially our prospective student listeners might be interested to know the trajectory that they could potentially follow. So you get out of the academy with flying colors, I presume, and then what happened? Then I went to Santa Fe Springs as an officer, and then I did some background investigations in our investigations unit mm -hmm. for a while. And basically, then I promoted to sergeant and went to West L.A. office, there by LAX, the airport. So in the CHP, you can be sent anywhere in the state. You can. That... I mean, when you graduate, you can be sent anywhere. And then after you've been there for a year, you could transfer somewhere else based on seniority. Mm -hmm. And then once you promote, it's you can be sent anywhere in the state also. So when I promoted to sergeant, I could have been sent anywhere in the state, but luckily for me, West LA had an opening. Mm -hmm. So I went there, and then basically I worked there and then at our division for a while, and then I promoted to lieutenant, and I worked at our Baldwin Park office, and then Altadena office near Pasadena. So that was pretty much my career. It was all in Southern Division. A lot of people, though, go to Sacramento. And I used to live in Altadena. Did you? Okay. Probably while you were there. All were, right. you, were you driving a red car? Yes, that, you gave me a ticket. <laughs> Darn. Well, one other, one other. We were going to talk later, but okay. One other question, though, about that. So what kind of work did you do, um, you know, throughout your career? Well, as an officer, I did road patrol, but then I did investigations in backgrounds, and then I was a, the sergeant in charge of backgrounds for a while. Mm -hmm. I worked at division. I was the assistant for the chief. Right. And then I in Baldwin Park, I was the field lieutenant. And then in Altadena, I was the executive lieutenant. So when you say, I'm just again, just to try to help sure. um, anyone listening who's interested, when you say field lieutenant, what does that mean exactly? Usually there's, uh, they separate a field handles all the activities on the road, all the officers and sergeants on the road. 
So that would be one lieutenant in charge of those field operations. And then the executive lieutenant would handle more of the non-uniform, mm -hmm. the auto mechanic, the clerical, the, the non-uniform. So in Baldo Park, I did the field lieutenant. So I was in charge of the field operations. Then Altadena, I ended up doing the executive, the, the non-uniform. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the sort of career path, you start out as an officer. This is, again, looking at an agency. You know, they're all pretty much similar, right? Uh, you start out as an officer, you potentially could make a sergeant, right? And then lieutenant. It's totally up to, to the individual. I mean, some people spend 35 years working the road, and they're as happy as can be, and they do a great job. Other people, after a while, they want to change. So for me, after a while, I, I wanted the challenge of promoting. So I took mm -hmm. the sergeant's exam. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I, I went for lieutenant's exam and was able to promote. So some people are, are very content and happy doing mm -hmm. officer. Some go into air operations. Some go into mm -hmm. canine. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's auto theft investigations. There's task forces that work with other agencies that are available. There's We do the governor's protective detail in Sacramento. Uh -huh. um, some of them like doing that, working up in the Capitol. Some teach at the academy. So there's a really a lot of opportunities. Yeah, there's yeah. so many opportunities, really. And, and the job market right now, is it pretty good? Oh, it is. Yeah, we're hiring, and you can apply at any I think any it's great how he's like, we are hiring. Yeah, like, you're not used that's, to That's true. <laughs> I'm not used to yeah, so. <laughs> Can you give us tell us one feel good story um, when you were out um, just patrolling around and you know one of the calls that you were on just one great feel good story put you on the spot there. Well, I think around Christmas one time there was a family that they um, they had broken down and they needed a ride somewhere that um, we we could have just given them a ride to like a restaurant and had them call family, but I think we got some units together and gave them a ride to where they needed to go you know, with all their gifts and everything that they had so that they could still have a Christmas. So Aww. That's great. That is great. Well, again, thank you for all your years of service to our communities. Yes, thank you. And thank you for coming in for this interview. Um, again, we're here with Chuck Galetko. He is a faculty member in our Public Safety Administration Program, and he's teaching enforcement and corrections. So thanks again for coming in. Thank, thank you, Chuck. Thank you.